Hi, this is Nayetta. This is Dre. And welcome to The Help Show. So we are with Ryan Gisicki. Am I saying this right? You are saying that. Can you try it, Dre? Oh gosh, no. Gisicki? What is that? (laughs) Is that that Polish? Uh, It's actually a German name, but we don't say it right anymore, so I can't blame anybody else if they don't. (laughs) How are you thinking it's pronounced then? I I, I think if we're in Germany, it's Geisica. Yeah, Geisica. Geisica, that sounds right, Geisica. But the way we're saying it it sounds Polish. Yeah. Right, (laughs) right. I I get lots of of guesses on what that might be. Very rarely German. It's a very interesting name, though. I think so, too. Thank you. No, I like it. So you want to say Ryan Geisica, or just call you Ryan? Ryan is great. Okay, I'm just, you know, we have to know. First of all, um, Dre and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to interview with The Help Show to help spread awareness about the bees, and the honeybees, and why it's important to, you know, help them keep, you know, living and how they help the earth and how they help us, you know, to eat in the air and, you know, just life in general. Um, so, first of all, just thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're just going to... Start it out. Start with some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nyetta was good enough to write some questions on more, so let's get to it. Let's get busy. (laughs) (laughs) So, let me see. How long have you been a beekeeper? Um, Not as long as you might think. I'm going into year five right now. Um, I've always been the type of person to sort of jump in with both feet when I start something. When I started this a few years back, it was going to be a two-hive hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just didn't quite stop there. Now, was it a two-hive because you wanted the honey yeah I thought it was interesting or, or you, what was the what deal was, yeah what um, was the deal honestly I got into it sort of by happenstance just because I was interested in bees okay. um I was sitting at a barbecue cookout event at a friend's house one night talking to a guy I'd never met before mm. and I had a bee land on my shoulder while we were standing there talking okay and I turned and kind of gently blew the bee off my shoulder okay. rather than slapping at it or anything and the guy that I was standing there talking to went, you know, that was a great reaction. Most yeah. people freak out about a bee on their shoulder. Are you a beekeeper? Oh, and okay, I, I okay. said, no, actually, I'm not a beekeeper. Are are you? <laughs> and he goes, yes, I'm a beekeeper. Oh. And he stood there and just talked about bees for about two hours with oh, me. Wow. So that's what kind of got the bug in your by, pants. Oh, you by, got the, <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> by, by the end of that conversation, I said, well, you know, I may want to be a beekeeper one day. And so we traded phone numbers and he called me about two months later and said, well, I'm moving out of my house into an apartment. And my oh, bees are about to not have a home. Oh, you said you wanted to be a beekeeper. So come get them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was how I got so started. That was a, that that was a good w- twist of faith, actually. I, I think <laughs> yeah, so. I think it works fate. out. It could be fate, not faith, huh? Fate. <laughs> yeah, fate. A little of both. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. So what interests you in this field? Why are you so interested in this field? Like, when you spoke to the guy, he gave you a two-hour, that's a pretty long time, to talk to somebody <laughs> yeah. about one one subject, I think so. Are you just intrigued by yeah. that? Or you well, just yeah. thought, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, you know, I, I really just got intrigued by the insects and how they functioned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I am with the Trinity Valley Beekeepers Association okay, here okay. in Dallas. So I talk to lots of new beekeepers about why they're getting involved in this. Right. And I'd say a lot of them get into it with a, I'm going to help save the bees mindset because of all the media attention on bees. A right. lot get into it with an interest in honey, tasting what honey produced in their yard would taste like. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and for me, it really wasn't either of those things. If anything, it was just a fascination with what I was hearing about how weird these little creatures were. Oh, wow. Um, if I had to pick one little fact, it was him telling me that 
Male honeybees don't have a father. Male honeybees oh, wow. are produced from an unfertilized egg, and they get all their genetics from the queen. Oh, wow. And that was just so strange Women. to me. We, look, we really <laughs> insects, man. That's right. That's it, right. It just caught wow. me. Wow. That, yeah. that's, that's actually a fact we never even came across yeah. in all our bee stuff. Because we did. We looked up a lot. Like, I didn't know a lot about bees. So... I started becoming extremely interested about the bees and why they were important. And then I found out why they were important. But I didn't know about that, about that fact. No, that they that's didn't, very interesting. That's very interesting. How well, women just, we just rule. I'm sorry, I'm being sexist. <laughs> we ruled the world. I'm just saying. I mean, that's just very. What, well, let you, me ask you this. What is the most interesting thing that you think honeybees do? Yeah. Um, the most interesting thing to me about honeybees is just the, the cooperative social network of how they live. Um, I always tell people doing removal work, I've really come to think of one colony of honeybees as one living organism. Okay. It's not thousands of bees in a box, it's one colony in a box. Um, and we definitely take that attitude when we go into a situation to remove bees from a problem spot and get them back into a productive hive situation. Um, because it, it's a lot like transplanting a plant. You're gonna try and relocate this organism and you're gonna hurt it some in the process. You know, a honeybee dies if she stings you. So even if we manage to do the relocation work without ever accidentally crushing a single bee, which mm. is a fairly far-fetched scenario despite our yeah. best efforts, yeah. the bees that try to sting us, even if they don't get me, even if they get the leather glove, right. are gonna die for right. stinging us defending right. that colony. Right. So it's a lot like a plant. You're gonna chop off some roots. The workers are the, the means of gathering nutrients. They're the roots of this organism. So if you happen to accidentally kill the queen, what happens then? Yeah. If you accidentally kill the queen, they are capable of raising another one. Okay. As long as they have young larvae or eggs. Okay. Um, and, and an, an, an unfertilized egg is a male honeybee. Okay. A fertilized egg is a female honeybee. Okay. okay. And then what they feed that female honeybee as a larva determines whether it's a worker or a queen. Okay. okay. So, so going back to what she just said, so the female, the queen dies. Right. How does another queen get into the hive? Uh, she she would normally be raised in the hive. Oh, okay. so such so, so they, they a six command. They have a six day window. Three so days. Just like the movie, egg. the bee movie. This is exactly <laughs> like it. Speedberg had that on the money. That's what. Good lord. They, 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 <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> they they had to get something right in that the, movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was wondering that, like, if you take the the um the bee out, I mean the queen out, like. So who else is like? Is it like a runner-up or like you have the a president? And he thinks it's like president. a pageant. Oh, okay. yeah, she look good in bathing suit. I mean, the, the, there's no second runner-up. They're gonna have to start from a very young bee and raise a new queen. Okay, uh, but a bee that's still developing in the comb, not one that's a young worker. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like a fairly um, new one. And then that queen has to go out and mate, and that's the one spot where most wild hives die out if they do, is that queen has to go on a mating flight. Oh. And if she gets snapped up by a bird on that mating flight, yeah. now they don't have young larvae in the hive because it's been a minute since a queen was laying eggs. Oh. So, so then if that queen goes missing, that hive is just doomed outside of beekeeper intervention. To right, that's what's going to answer. So are you able to take a... Queen no. yourself that maybe has been dislocated and put in another one to help them. Oh. Right, you could yeah. you could okay. take the queen from another hive, give it to the hive that's hopelessly queenless, right. and let that strong hive raise a new queen. Now, gotcha. you okay. could even just take a, a frame of comb with some eggs okay. from a strong hive and give them the means to raise oh, a new queen. Oh wow! 
It's like that's, a, it's like an orphan. It's like adopting, it's like adopting children. Adopting a queen. Adopting a queen. That's very cool. So why are bees so important for the environment? Um, you know, there's. It's easy to name off a few reasons why bees are important for the environment, but inarguably the main reason is pollination. Okay. Um, they're extremely important pollinators. Um, environmentally, in the case of specifically honeybees, more so agriculturally. Uh, we have lots of native bee species in Texas that are very important for pollinating our native plants. Okay. Honeybees are not native. They were introduced in the mid-1600s. Mm. So they're thoroughly integrated into the ecosystem at this point, certainly. Right. Okay. Um, but there are native pollinators who could arguably function for the environment if honeybees were suddenly gone. Okay. But well, agriculturally, that, what would that be? Yeah, how, yeah. Like uh, different birds and stuff? We, we've, we've got about... About 700 species of native bees in Texas beyond the honeybees. Bumblebees are a good example most people are familiar with. And there are lots of species of solitary bees that don't have colonies. It's just a single female bee raising a half dozen offspring each season. So what they produce like the honeybees? They they don't produce any honey. Okay. They don't produce any honey. Uh, they okay. gather pollen and nectar to feed their offspring. And that's it. But they, they um, if we speak in plant terms for a minute, they're the annual version of a bee in Texas. Okay. Whereas honeybees are a perennial. That colony is there over winter, clustered up together to stay warm, and they're still there in the spring. Right. They don't have a hibernation cycle. I got you. Okay. What can we do? What as people can we do to help bees survive Survive besides not killing them. Yes. What can we all do? Well, not, not killing them goes a long way, honestly. <laughs> um, and, of course, that applies not only to not deliberately killing them, but also things like insecticide usage, mosquito spraying has a heavy impact on our bee population, things okay. like that. Um, but ultimately, simply planting food for bees goes a long way, or even just not killing the food that is available for bees. Um, there's lots of plants you can provide and there's lots of plants that we might tend to get rid of that if we just leave them and don't go to the effort of killing them are great sources for the bees. Are you talking about certain weeds or are you talking about real plants? Weeds and stuff? Uh, certainly some of the things we call weeds. Yeah. Okay. Just be growing and helping us. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think about, you know, when you think about weeds, it's like, what do you think about weeds? Kill them. Yeah. Get them out of my yard. Get them out of my yard. They're spreading. Oh. Yeah. Now, now it's like. Well, it. I always get so mad at my husband because he wants to cut the grass so short. <laughs> I think that's a problem for the bees, bees and different stuff. He's like, we have to do the grass. I'm like, no, because animals and stuff have need to like problem. get in that. We always yeah. have arguments about that damn grass. <laughs> Most things flower at the top of the plant. Right. So yeah. like, we need to keep this grass higher. Yeah. Yep. I, you know what? Now I know what my father's keep it. I don't know if he kept it high for that reason, but, but maybe. But maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So. Um, what are the flowers people can plant in their gardens that are better for the bees? And if so, which ones are they? Um, there's lots of great bee flowers out there. Uh, it's hard to really itemize just a couple. Like I was saying, the weeds are great for bees for the most part. Okay. Uh, a classic example of that is dandelions. They're one of the first things to provide a major source of pollen early springtime. Okay. Uh, maybe even late winter to early spring for the bees. Okay. For the honeybees, that's vital importance because they're trying to raise more baby bees before the nectar flow kicks off in the main flower period. Okay. So they need that pollen to feed those babies. Okay. Um, so just not killing the undesirables goes a long way. Um, certainly fruits and veggies. A lot of the berry plants are oh, a great yeah, example. Like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the herbs are Fig really trees. good. Borage is, has a great <laughs> reputation. Figs are actually wasp pollinated, oddly enough. Oh, really? They, they are one, one odd exception that way. Huh. Um, 
But a lot of the herbs are really good. Uh, the, you'd be surprised how many different things are good food resources for bees. I saw a pollen analysis of honey out of one of the hives of one of our club members at Trinity Valley okay. a couple of years back. Okay. And a significant portion of the nectar and pollen that that hive had gathered was from poison ivy. Oh, and most of us that, don't yeah. even think can't even yeah. place what a poison ivy flower would look like. Right. A lot of plants that we can't even place that they have flowers. I get a lot of calls about holly bushes in this time of year each yeah. year. Oh, wow. People think there may be a hive of bees in their holly bushes that they need to get removed. Hmm. And they're thinking that because they look at this bush and they don't see any flowers because right. they're little tiny flowers. Huh. But it's actually just flowering in early spring and the bees love it. That's interesting. So a lot of lot of things that we don't even think of as flowering plants are great resources. Now you talked about different species of the bumblebees, of the different bees, but what is the main difference between a honeybee and a bumblebee? Right. Um, well, bumblebees are the, that annual cycle. They are a colony of bees. They're a social organism. But um, whereas the honeybees do overwinter as a group, workers and queens overwinter together, um, bumblebees are an annual cycle. A queen will hibernate, already mated. Queen mates in the fall. A, a brand new queen mates in the fall. Then once she's mated, she goes and digs herself a hole and hibernates underground throughout the winter by herself. Okay. The rest of the colony she came from dies out as winter approaches. And in the springtime, she comes out of her little hibernation hole, goes out and starts trying to find a spot to start a new colony, gather food to start a new colony. Okay. Um, depending on the species of bumblebee, we've got nine in Texas, uh, probably oh my gosh. five Not... in this part of the state. Just a bumblebees? Just a bumblebees. Because oh, I was thinking wow. honeybee, bumblebee, that's it. Yeah. No? I don't know if there's different species. Lots yeah. of different species of bumblebees. In wow. fact, one of our bumblebees, uh, not from Texas, but from the northeast portion of the U.S., oh, just wow. got added to the endangered species list uh, oh, wow. about a week ago now. Wow, wow. Really? So many people just kill them? There, there's a lot of decline in our native bee species. Hmm. Uh, die-offs in honeybee population tend to get the majority of the media attention yeah because but yeah. bee decline is if anything more of an issue for all those native species like the bumblebees oh wow so for people that don't know about pollination why is pollination so important to flowers um basically to put it fairly bluntly pollination is how most plants have sex yeah. um so it's extremely important for reproduction um mm -hmm. Of course, most plants pr that produce fruit that we like to eat are producing fruit for the sake of distributing their seeds. And so that reproductive cycle, pollination has to take place to produce those seeds or they're not going to produce that fruit. Right. So it's important to the plant for the sake of the next generation of plants. Okay. It's important for, to the people for the sake of the food provided by the reproductive cycle of the plant. Okay. Uh, about one in every three bites of food we eat depends on insect pollination. Really? And in modern I, agriculture, I where you have just miles of the same crop, monoculture farming, mm -hmm. uh, that really depends on almost entirely honeybees, because you have to be able to bring in a box of a whole bunch of pollinators all at once. Huh. When you have wow. miles of the same crop, it is an abundance of food for a pollinator while that crop flowers. Hmm. But as soon as that's done flowering, it's a desert to a pollinator. There's nothing to eat. Hmm. It's all one plant. So you've got to be able to bring in portable boxes. All the time. And about, about yeah. two-thirds of the honeybee colonies in the U.S. go to California 
late winter every year just for almond pollination. Oh, wow. I didn't even know. So, were they moved on buses or They're, trucks or, or in fire condition? Or, yeah, are they, uh, yeah. 400 and something to a semi load rolling oh, down the highway. Oh, wow. Just a semi. Yeah. Yep. So, it's an enclosed truck because obviously they blow out everywhere. Right. No, it's, it's actually just open trucks. Uh, some beekeepers so net that... over them to close the bees into it. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. Some don't and just rely on keeping on moving. Because oh, wow. honeybees coming out the front door to a sixty mile an hour wind, well, going think think this is a crazy storm and they're not going to go out in it for the most oh, part. So, they just get head back so, so some beekeepers like get away with just keeping on moving. Oh wow, wow that's just bizarre. It is. It, it's a crazy cycle. It really is. So you can have a bee. You can have like how many bees can you have on a truck? Uh, you could uh, some four hundred something to a semi load. Okay, so four to a semi load without any covering. Very well coverage. might be done that way. And I, like, not a, <laughs> but like, so not a certain temperature or anything. Like, it needs to be eighty degrees, ninety degrees. Of course, it can't be cold. It wouldn't well, live. Like it's probably hot here. Yeah. Correct or. Uh, it just depends on the year. Who oh, knows wow. what the weather does in Texas these yeah. days? <laughs> you got that right. So, so, so <laughs> is that because we have more bees and we can? Give the bees to we, California. Is that why we go ahead and do that? I mean, it really just takes that many. It takes a density of pollinators that mm-hmm. is so far beyond what can be supported the rest of the year. Oh wow! For that harvest, they're just miles well, and miles and miles. That could be one question: why almonds, almonds are so expensive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get things over there to make sure the almonds are growing. The, yeah, the almond farmers are paying a substantial amount of money to beekeepers yeah. to bring pollinators in. I could see about forty percent of American beekeeper income present day is from pollination contracts not from oh. honey production that that this is you're giving me information that i really never even knew and we might need to get into business upon no kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh 150 bucks a hive oh wow and they need thousands and thousands and thousands of hives for even a relatively even a mid-sized almond operation get, wow it, it's big money that's crazy. That is. Have you, ever, have you ever done that? Are you going to try I, to do I that? I have not gotten into that. Um, oh, wow. It's certainly an important part of our agriculture system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced it's very uh, beneficial to the bees involved. Yeah. So uh, I wonder about that relo- being a relocator. Yeah. If you're all for that or you don't like it or. Uh, the the travel stress can be detrimental. Uh, certainly piling that many hives in one location right. tends to spread pest and disease issues in some cases. Oh, really? Um, there, there's definitely some concerns about the impact on the bees from all that. Oh, wow. Um, but you, you, you can't blame somebody for trying to keep a business afloat. If no, that's 40% this, of your income, this is America. you can't yeah. do it. Hey. So. What commodities do um, bees produce mainly? The honeybees. I mean, in terms of more tangible well, we products know honey. of the hive. We know honey. Is there anything right. else besides honey that's mm. important? Yeah. That's... yeah, there's quite a bit, really. Um, honey's a big one, obviously. Of course, wax is perhaps less of a commodity than it used to be. Right. Um, it used to be. You needed, bees wanted wax. to make a candle. Bees you wax. needed bees wax. Bees wax. Uh, now there's alternatives, and it, there's not quite the market for it that there was. But bees wax candles are the best, though. That's what they've always said. Bees right? wax candles yeah, bees are great. Bees wax candles are supposed to be like um, one of the best Of course, candles. a lot of health products. More health products every That's year use bees wax. Yeah, we read and, some and of that honey. different, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, even things like bee venom. There's oh, a market wow. for I heard that's good for wrinkles. Oh. Oh. Women getting stinged to California helps the wrinkles. That, I right? think that's cheaper than Botox. Like, can we, Brian, can we go back there? Can we try it out? Yeah, can I try it out? Yeah. See a little tighter. I just read that people are stinging their face, and it's like, I'm like, that is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. 
my yeah. gosh. Sting uh, me. Yeah, no, sting, <laughs> sting me, please. <laughs> uh, royal jelly is yeah, a product royal of jelly, the hive yeah. that's sold okay, for yeah. health benefits that sometimes. Is, yeah. Uh, of course, that's what they're feeding that larva to make it a queen versus a worker. Okay. So it's it's rather relatively hard to produce high value on that. Okay. Really high value on bee venom. It's actually one of the more valuable substances on the planet by weight. Okay. Oh, really? Enough. I didn't I think, know that. I think scorpion venom is actually the number one most valuable substance on the planet by oh. weight. Because venom, it can be used for it, a lot of things in the uh, healthcare industry. Yeah, med- medical use, and it's oh, so yeah. difficult to harvest in any quantity that it, hmm. by weight, it suddenly gets really valuable. Mm-hmm. So why do bees mess up the combs? Why do bees mess up the comb? Mm-hmm. Um and when you're saying that, I guess you're talking about a, a managed colony's tendency to tie frames together so that it can't be effectively managed. Correct. Right. And, of course, in that situation, from the bees' perspective, they're not messing up anything. Okay. They're just doing what they want to do, and it's working for them. It's not really their problem if it doesn't work for you. So, oh. So it's, like, so it's basically like it's my party and I can cry if I want to. Uh, I can mess up if I want to pretty much. Right. But wow. the mo- a modern hive design relies on what we call bee space to okay. discourage bees from building comb in a way that's going to prevent you from managing your colony. Okay. And basically it's, it's the concept is that between their layers of comb, they want a bee-sized hallway to walk through and right. function. Okay. And if you build your wooden wear in a... Uh, in, in matching a design where it leaves the right size for the diameter of the comb and then an empty space between it and then the next comb and the bars match that spacing, you can generally get them to build parallel combs that go down it and it stays very manageable. Okay. Usually if, if it's not, usually if they're messing up the comb, as you said, um, it's a matter of some issue with your equipment, not encouraging them to build it correctly. Oh. Okay. So okay, so, so human era, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, from their perspective, they don't care if you can lift that frame out and look at right, it. Right, they just want yeah. To... They're gonna build it with the right spacing, but it may not be parallel hallways of the right spacing. They may curve and wind and put a hole through the comb here if they need to, and do it the way they see fit. Okay. Ryan, you're you're a beekeeper. Yes. What exactly does that entail? Like yeah. when you say someone, co- what I mean is like. Some, because you had said you talk about removal and stuff, bee removal. So does that mean someone calls you and said, "Oh my gosh, I have so many bees, I need your help." And mm-hmm. what? How do you do that? How do you prepare to get all that done? What's, um, what's that entailed in combat? Yeah. Well, basically, I normally get a photo of the situation and provide an estimate for what I think is going to be involved. Okay. Um, then we'll go out and... Is that an hourly thing or is that like a one-job cost? Or it, It's, it's a price by the job based okay. on my impression of what it's going to take. Okay. Uh, on some level, it's based on time involved. Okay. But since we do a very bee-friendly process to our removals, okay. I don't like to price by the hour because there is a certain amount of sitting around waiting for the bees to do what they need to do, do sometimes. Right, right. And I don't want a customer to feel like I'm sitting down on the job while they're paying me by the hour. Right. Okay. Um, if we go into the, say we're working into a wall to get the queen out, and we disassemble the front of the wall, and we get in, and we start getting the comb out, and we find the queen. Okay. Uh, ideal scenario is we find the queen, get her confined to a little queen cage. Okay. Cut the comb out, get the queen, put that all in the box. Oh, wow. And then, best case scenario, we don't have to do anything together, the workers. They we just... sit down and wait. They, they realize come. the queen and the comb's gone. They okay. find the queen and the comb they in the do, box, the and they move into oh, the box. Oh, wow. Okay. And okay. so there may be an hour of us letting the bees do what they need to do, and I certainly don't want a customer feeling like we're charging them unfairly because right. I'm not working hard at that point. Right. So then you get the bee stuff, and you bring it 
I guess to a safe haven, basically. Right. And then you find another home for it, or you keep them and you keep it going on, or what goes on? Yeah. Um, basically, at this stage, uh, most of our colonies are going back out into our own management plan, okay. Okay. Um, which is a management plan centered on bee production, ultimately. Okay. Uh, when I started out into this, I decided I didn't want to be dependent on honey production, uh, in part because you end up competing with an international market, right. honey prices, and in some cases, fake honey from outside of the country. We don't really? want fake honey. All, all, the, all these different <laughs> issues. Um, so I decided I didn't want to be in honey production. We wanted the mm -hmm. colonies we rescue to help the bee population. Mm -hmm. So they go back into producing more colonies. Okay. So is there a pretty good, in Dallas, pretty much in the Lakeway area, mm -hmm. is there quite a few different people producing honey and selling it? Or is it... Would you, what would you say, 10 to 15 people? Um, I would say most beekeepers in the Metroplex and the central parts of the Metroplex are very small-scale honey producers producing for friends and family for the most okay. part. Okay. Um, the One notable exception in the Lakewood area that I'm very fond of is the Texas Honey Bee Guild. Okay. Uh, Brandon and Susan Pollard, they produce zip code honey. Okay. So they're okay. a specialized product. They, right. they do a lot of the farmer's markets. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're in Whole Foods. I know Redenta's Garden Store carries them. Okay. I think uh, Garden Cafe here in the Lakewood area sells okay. their so honey. Okay, so a lot of, that's very, that's, that's local. Good. That's real local. Very that's local, local small-scale yeah. distributors. That is local. And, and I, I was doing some research, um, putting um, honey, local honey, in your coffee or in your food product is really great for your allergies. Because I was reading about that as well because it's like, you're intaking what's in the air and what the what bee, they're pollinating, what, what they're pollinating yeah. and then it's kind of bouncing out the allergies. Yeah, that... basically you're letting your body build a natural immune response to this by exposing yourself to it in a way that your body can handle better than breathing it in from the air. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and the more local it is, the more benefit there is. Because if it's huh. from the actual plants that are impacting your your allergies, the right. benefit's going to be that much more. You need to try that on Tori. She's um, running nose all the time. If you, if you... <laughs> My friend named Tori, she has really bad allergies too. Must be that name. Yeah. <laughs> Tori allergies. <laughs> so that that's part of where the, the desire for the zip code or the the hyper-local honey, okay, I've heard yeah. it called, comes in. Because I'm not really a honey person. I think maybe because I wasn't raised with it. But I know there's a lot of people that just... Like, the only thing I think about honey since I came to Texas was on soapapillas. Yeah. I would never think about honey. And then lemon honey water when you have a sore throat. Are you serious? Which I don't have a right. sore throat if everyone's thinking. I love honey. my voice. <laughs> I love honey. She needs that shit right now. <laughs> no. no. This is how no. I talk all the time, 24-7. No. But no, you know what I mean? But I'm going to try honey on different... Like, what do you like honey, honey on? Yeah. Oh, I like honey on just about anything. Okay. Um, so what's your there, favorite thing you like honey no on? There's no wrong way to do that. Uh, best best way to do it is the classic. A bit of good toast with some butter and honey, honey. on top. Mm. Oh, that does sound good. That does sound good. Is that white bread or wheat? That. Yeah, is that, yeah. <laughs> We're on diets around here. Is it white or wheat? I, I like both. <laughs> He's probably doing Ezekiel toast. Okay. <laughs> Healthy. So we have some true and false questions for you, okay? Okay. And... Just if it's true, say it's true, and why it's true. If it's false, please let us know why it's false. Okay. Okay. So, true or false, there are two types of bees in a cone. There are two types of bees on the cone. Uh, well, in a honeybee colony, it depends on what time of year. There may be a moment when that is completely true. Really? Oh. Um, because uh, male honeybees are from unfertilized eggs, so right. the queen can choose whether she wants to produce them or not. Okay. Oh, they only need them picky. in the spring and summer for the sake of queen, new queens <laughs> taking mating flights. Okay. They don't need the male honeybees at all in the wintertime. Okay. So if you go check a hive in the wintertime, there's a queen 
Okay. And there's a worker. Okay. A queen and a lot of workers. Okay. And that's an entirely female colony. Okay. And there's two types of bees in that colony now. Okay. But if you go check it in the springtime, you're going to find that there's a bunch of drones too because they're raising male honeybees right now. Oh. And those males are going to provide mates for the queens that take mating flights in the spring and summer. And come late summer, early fall, the workers are going to start kicking them out of the hive and killing them off. Oh, wow. I just love the way they all have, like, I'm telling you, it's a bee movie. They got workers. They got kicking the queen out. They got drones. It's like his own little soap opera. I know. They they will not feed those drones during the wintertime. They won't. They They won't. Oh, wow. So in the wintertime, it's all female and you've only got two kinds. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it's a true and false question. So this is good. Yeah. True and false on that one. True or false? There are benefits when a bee stings you. That is true. Um, at least I would say with confidence that is true. Uh, I can say from personal experience that it helps with joint pain. Uh, when I was younger, I stuck my hand through a plate glass window at one point. Oh, wow. And so I had this thumb on my right hand uh, immobilized for several months okay. while it healed, healed back up. And I'd had joint pain in that thumb joint ever since. And when I started doing removal work on a regular basis and mm-hmm. getting more stings on my hands on a regular basis, oh, wow. I started noticing that that joint pain was go- joint pain was going away. You're hmm. Did some reading on it, found lots of stories about arthritis and joint pain being treated wow. with bee venom. Um, started sharing this with my mother, and she started asking me for bees, and she'll ask me to bring her five or six really? bees about once a month. Uh-huh. She'll sting her knee, that. Has arthritis pain, and it is the difference between her walking gingerly and riding her bike. To that's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Get five or six stings on that knee you know, every mom, month or so. My mom has arthritis, and you're saving your mom so much money yeah. on her Medicare. Yeah, she's probably like, <laughs> get those bees. This over is street. genius. Hey, Trump, and they need to hear about this. Obamacare. <laughs> they need to get this on Obamacare. You might be getting paid for that. She she believes in it enough that she's talking about getting a hive and becoming a beekeeper, so oh, she has a steady wow. supply of bees to, for that purpose. Wow. Really? So that's very interesting. That is extremely interesting. I you know what I never would like think. I I knew I I I heard I read that it's great for different um, things, but I didn't I didn't know about the like arthritis. Yeah, I didn't read uh, about that. Lyme disease. There's a few other things that I've heard really positive stories about. But. Okay, so true or false? When they change their jobs, they change their brain chemistry. When they change their jobs, they I, I have heard that actually. Uh, that basically, as, as they go through their life cycle, workers do different jobs throughout the hive. And okay. so very early on in their life, they're doing kind of what people do, really safe cha- tasks around the house. They're basically yeah. doing the chores. Okay. Um, and as they get older, they do progressively more complicated and more dangerous tasks. Okay. And in their life as a forager, where they're flying five miles from the hive to go find names. a good nectar. Yeah, this is the forager, the worker, the, yeah. queen, yeah, the queen. But okay, how big can the these drone. brains be? Yeah. Well, it doesn't take a Pea-sized. lot of thought process. <laughs> they they, <laughs> they don't crazy. have a lot of That's comprehension. Come on. <laughs> but they sure do get stuff done. Really, right? They do get they stuff do get done. Stuff you want to know why? Because a woman's running them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just saying. <laughs> We're getting stuff done every day to get paid. <laughs> so the, their brain chemistry does actually change. And you could argue, in fact, that uh, w- if they suddenly have an overabundance of forager bees and now they need some nurse bees to take care of the larvae, which okay. is normally a yeah. younger bee. See, they've got a nurse sitting there. Right? They got the setup. They, you, <laughs> you, 
you can actually see the brain chemistry for that be digress back to what you would have to say would be a younger age oh, wow. in some ways. Hmm. They're not actually getting younger, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, still yeah. as many days old as they are. Yeah, but they come to resemble a younger bee again. That's oh, interesting. Wow. So That's it's a really crazy That's thought. That's so interesting. True or false? They don't know the difference between a human face and their own kind. Uh, they definitely know the difference. We're not producing any pheromones. Nope. They use pheromones, <laughs> or not not any honeybee pheromones. Yeah, anyway. so they do know. They you think they do know the, they uh, do. They do. Know. They they definitely know the difference. They know the difference between a honeybee from their colony and a honeybee from another colony oh, via right. pheromones as so well. So because they won't really kind of just mix with each other, basically. No, they. they stay- Huh. If a honeybee shows up at the door to the wrong colony, she's likely to be fought right out of that doorway. Oh, wow. They may may even fight to the death sometimes, defending their colony. Yeah. Uh, a honeybee going into the wrong colony may be a robber bee trying to steal resources to take home No, that's family. loyalty right there. So they've got guard <laughs> bees like a whole that keep other bees out really, of the colony. The robber bee might be there to rob her to get supplies at the wild, wild and west. Yeah. <laughs> and they're saving the queen like, don't mess with my queen. Get them out of here. Not only do they recognize the difference between a bee and us, but they actually recognize the difference between people as well. Oh, wow. I've read studies where they had two different beekeepers come out to the bee yard, and one of them treated the hives really carefully and gingerly, and one of them came out there slamming stuff around and crushing bees. Oh, wow. And over time, they would greet the bad beekeeper, <laughs> trying, trying to sting them for walking out towards the hives. Oh. They they would start to exhibit a negative reaction to greet that person before they even did anything wrong that day. Oh wow, this is so. And you see, you can like see this visually when you go out there. You can see the bees like you can at the front fighting. Yeah, somebody's not supposed to be there. Yeah. They're trying to steal something. Like just, I guess just working with the pilot, with the bee. That you can uh, identify this. Just kind of figure all that out. Is that what happened? Yeah, you start to uh. really recognize behavior. Uh, oh wow! And similarly, you know, when we were outside a minute ago, and I said I can probably get away with opening this mm-hmm. hive up right now. I didn't yeah. put a veil on or anything. I, thought, yeah. I was looking at them, and they seemed calm. Um, and I always tell people that's something that exposure to bees helps with. I can tell a forager bee on a flower is just gathering food and she's not interested in stinging me. Oh, wow. The way most people can look at a dog and yeah, tell that dog's wagging its tail, not yeah. growling. Yeah. Right. And that dog would be really frightening if it was growling at you. Yes. Right. Right. Once you can recognize the difference, there's a whole lot of ability to work with the situation and feel comfortable. Do you think that they recognize your face? Um, it would be I'm, nice to think so. You know, I'm just it? thinking like, do you th- like, oh, here comes Ryan. But, but he does, but don't, he doesn't you know. keep, they don't stay that long, right? How but long they, are you But they stay him? long enough. They, they, st- they stay for a minute. And even when they move outwards, I'm still the one managing most of those out yard locations. Oh, you uh, are? We'd call them out yards, B yards, apiaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're located within about an hour of here. And most of those are still me personally managing. Oh, that's nice. Cases. Oh, wow. Well... He, you said you belong to a Trinity. What was it, Trinity? Trinity Valley Beekeepers Association. So, do you guys get a, get together like once a month and talk about different things that are going on? Oh, I saw this bee do this. He was so terrible. No. <laughs> yeah, there's Watch a little bit of that. Watch out for this one. He's Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Robert. Uh, But it's not too far off. We do get together and gripe about what problem we're having right now or what's going well right now. There's a nectar flow on right now. Be sure to give your bees plenty of room to store honey. So right now, Uh, so right now, what could you? How can we help? How can the community help? Like, what do you? You know, you guys have your meetings. How can the help show? How can our local community help? And our listeners, and our listeners, listeners, just so they can say, oh yeah, Yeah. we're going to do that. 
Um, I mean, the number one thing is just education. What you guys are doing right now, getting the word out there about the situation in terms of beta decline. You know, last year, the, the there was a national survey for, I think last year came in at 44% colony die-off for oh, American wow. honeybees. Right, what he told, Danger uh, knows yeah, that. Yeah, it was Danger, like 2.3 yeah. million bees died yeah. last year or something. Yeah. And, and, and so to us. Uh, awareness yeah. goes a long way on something right. like that in terms of maybe planting a more pollinator-friendly garden instead of just green closely cropped grass right okay. um but in, you know in terms of not calling an exterminator for right. bees things of that nature um in terms of our native bee species providing nesting sites for those i could go off on a long tangent on that but you can provide nest sites for a lot of our native bee species there's a lot that can be done and simply recognizing that there's a need to do any of it is the obvious first step and so quick question okay before we wrap up how those that can't afford someone to come out as a beekeeper to remove those what advice could you give them or could you help them they don't you know if they're listening to the show they want to be educated about the bees but what if they can't afford for a removal yeah what can be done um it depends on the situation uh, you know if you've got bees in a tree i frequently just recommend leaving them there that's okay. a good spot for bees okay uh, i get a lot of calls on trees where the bees aren't really a problem but okay. somebody thinks they need to solve this they're problem because they're scared of anyway. them they're scared and yeah. if you understand yeah. that yeah they're not out to get you these, right. these are vegetarian creatures that hmm. are just gathering pollen and if you don't go bang on the side of their home they'll leave not you alone come at you um, so in some cases they can just be left in a structural situation. I don't necessarily recommend leaving them. Talking like it's, like new construction, you go to an yeah. old house and they're in there starting to remodel and they just have yeah, bees just loaded everywhere. That's kind of what you probably right. specialize or, in, right? Or even someone with older homes like or um, older people too, because they yeah can't they do can't it. do yeah. it. Yeah. What about the el- the elderly? If if you have a bee colony in their home, like mm-hmm. in the wall, right? And in that case, something has to be done. Um, if it's really a situation where there simply is no money for it, it's not impossible. You can find a nonprofit organization to try oh, and good. help with something like that. You're probably calling um, the Trinity Beak, right? Calling yeah, Trinity Valley yes, would go yes, a long yes, ways on something yes. like that. Um, certainly addressing swarms before they establish a nest somewhere. Okay. When you see a big cluster of bees on a tree, uh, usually on a tree branch, okay. and this time of year, spring or early summer, okay. that's colony reproduction for honeybees. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's relatively easy to get that cluster of bees off the branch. It's the difference between a 15-minute job and a half-day job once they're established in a wall somewhere. Right. So yeah. calling a beekeeper and saying, hey, I don't have a budget for it, but can you come pick up this swarm right. is a very promising situation he might do compared he might, to can yes, you gotcha. open up this wall or this I gotcha. roof gotcha okay yeah. um, well, that's a big job that's a yeah. huge job so yeah. so again awareness and noticing that cluster of bees in your yard in the spring and calling before there's a significant problem that's difficult to solve can go a long way okay great you know it's great advice right. i really what, like it ryan what's the name of your bee Beekeeping company, I guess is a beekeeping? Yeah, yeah, it's all of the above. I want to say bee pulling. Okay, it's beekeeping. So if the audience wants to reach you, someone in the Dallas Metroplex wants to know more about the bees or want to be able to help you help with the bees or, you know, our listeners, how will they reach you? Um, I, I can be reached through, my company is Honeybee Relocation Services. Okay. Good name. Um, okay. com is our website. Easy okay. website. A little long, but easy to remember. Okay. I got this. Uh, you can reach me through that. You can also reach me through Trinity Valley Beekeepers Association. I like this. Which is tvbees.org. Okay, great. TVBees.org. Okay. <laughs> 
buzz off. Oh, no, for us you to know, buzz off too. You know what? That was so wonk, wonk, wonk. Really, Trey? Well, Ryan, we want to say thank you so, so much for um, interviewing with Dre and myself. We've learned so much. We thank did you learn for so your time yeah. and your gracious hospitality and your backyard. Yeah, and yeah everything. We saw that. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank, thank you for helping me spread the word. Not thank a problem. You. And thank you for tuning in to The, the Help Show. For more information, visit our website at thehelpshow.com. Thanks for listening and please stay tuned.